Good morning. And we're gonna. This morning was um, when Bridget was t- telling me about um, the, uh, the the Ukrainian situation, and, and I was like, that's probably a bigger message than my message, even. You know, I was like, oh, how did that come together? And we were praying earlier on, and I was like, I really felt by the Holy Spirit go, the stuff that you're going to talk about, Bernard, gets if we if you don't deal with that stuff, that's what gets in the way of mission. So we're going to talk about sin and how strongholds can affect our lives and if we don't talk about those things and deal with those things we're not released into the world to be the truth and walk in the truth and actually proclaim the real freedom that we have in Jesus so Lord I just bless this morning I thank you so much that I get a chance to talk about the freedom that you've given me the freedom that I've experienced in Jesus the freedom from strongholds the freedom to to walk forth in the plans that you've set forth in my life. I thank you that you've released abundance into my life that I could never even imagine, Lord. I just thank you that you continually do it. I thank you that you've set people free and you want to continually to set people free, that you've come to set the captives free, fully, full from bondage. Um, And I pray that that happens this morning where it needs to happen in your precious name. So let's kick off. I'm going to um, read Ephesians now. Everyone needs a man in their life. Um, Ephesians 1. Let's have a read. Uh, From 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and to give him, uh, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his, of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered us, uh, or he has showered his goodness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious his mysterious oh, revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfil his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Now why do I, why do I read that one? I have to say sometimes when you first become a Christian um, obviously you, you may know a little bit of scripture or you don't know you, you're brought into this this community or you're told about somebody tells you about Jesus and it's like wow this is amazing I need some of that I want some of that goodness you get a hint or a taste of the goodness of Jesus and you go wow I can be set free and I, in my walk as, as a Christian um, when I begun my walk, and it literally was a walk, I didn't have a lightning bolt situation. I didn't have, you know, I knew I needed Jesus, but there was, there was a struggle that kicked off in my heart. A struggle to give, give passage to Jesus, to give way to Jesus. And I thought when I became a Christian that sin would be dealt with, as in, sin would go. I was like, happy days, right? I would have... I would have somewhat this magical superpowers over the things that I've been struggling with. And oh my goodness, dare I say this now, I have to be careful with my words, but this is how I felt, I'm going to be very honest. I felt worse when I became a Christian. 
Because I was like, hold on a minute, I thought this was going to be dealt with. I felt horrendous. Because no one told me that the enemy would come in and go, I'm going to make you even feel better about that sin. That sin that you were doing last week that you didn't even realize was sin. Now that you've met this fellow called Jesus, look at your life now. And I felt even manky. I was like, oh my goodness, this is awful. And no one told me that, that there was a way out of this. No one told me or, or uh, you know, how, to, how to, to step into that walk with Jesus. How to, to say, look... You know, it's not a magic wand. These, Jesus is going to walk you through these things. And, and you have the power over sin now. But you've got to keep on inviting Jesus into those places. Right? And what's worse, what happened then, what was worse, is because, uh, is then, because no one, and I'm not blaming anyone, right? This is me, this is, I'm blaming other Christians around me. But it's not a spoken, you don't talk about this stuff. And that's wrong really wrong so no one talked to me about by the way what are you struggling with what's, what's, going, what's going on in your life and because that doesn't happen those conversations happen the secret places become darker and even those places in your heart where even you think God doesn't want to know about them so you're like oh let's do the Christian thing you know and hey thank Jesus and I'm still on my shit show at home and I'm, this is absolutely my mess for me and, but on Sunday I'm walking here hey get to see you hey right and that was happening and you're like this is mental this is hypocrisy at the highest at the highest level so no one told me when I became a Christian that actually yeah this is a roadmap and a journey and you've got to get Jesus wants to take those bad things away. He wants to give he's given you a new heart. And he wants to take those things away. But you're still going to struggle with temptation. You're going to struggle with these things. You need to go about them in a different manner now. So my question to you, to, I, I always love questions. What is Christianity supposed to do to a person? What's it meant to do? That's a great question. You know, what is your offer to somebody who's not a Christian? They said, hey, listen, if I go to your church, your church what do I get? That's a fair question, I think, right? What's that, what's that Christianity thing do for me? And what if you said to them, it is meant to give you utter freedom. Utter freedom from sin, from death. You're meant to see things differently. Your own life has been gone. You're going to die to the world. And you're going to be raised to God. And they're lofty words. But imagine the offer was freedom from sin. From past. And what you're struggling with now. You've got, that's what it's meant to offer. Freedom right now for that stuff. So when you accept Jesus in, in your life. You kick off. And no one told me this. You kick off a massive battle. <laughs> you actually kick off this thing of. Last week you thought it was good. This week you have a massive mirror in front of you. And the enemy is brilliant at going, Ah, look at you. You're a mess. And that's a good thing if that is happening in our lives. That's a good thing that you have that reflection of what Jesus is trying to work on in your life. That is a good thing. Uh, unfortunately, many churches, and I hope that we're not one of them, and, maybe on, and, and, and it's not just churches as individuals, Many individuals hear a new believer and go, oh, congratulations, you're in, happy days. And we forget to go, I, I need to meet with you. I, I, let, let's talk, because you're going to go through a horrendous battle here. You're going to go through the, 
You're going to go through the mill here. Right? I've been there, done that, let's go through it together. I'm in the trenches with you. Let's do it. And we stop at the, at the new believer stage. We think this magic wand happens with, you won't get tempted anymore. You'll be fine. That's utter like, madness. We have this sense in church that, you know, oh, even people externally go, oh, they're goody two-shoes. <laughs> Actually, oh, the reverse of us. We're in here because we need it. We need sanctification. We need that process to happen. <laughs> now, when you hear people like David Wilkerson saying, this is the one thing that really caught me sometime when I studied about holiness and being sanctified by God. David Wilkerson who I would have thought, like, such a godly man would have such power over sin in his life and wouldn't even have sin in his life, this guy, right? I remember hearing a story, he said, when he books a hotel, he makes sure there's no TV in the room. And I was like, oh, that pricked my ears off. I was like, ha that's interesting, David. Why is that? Do you get tempted, David? And there was a little bit of me that went, Oh, thank God he's on the same way. Oh, thank God. Like, you know? And, and I loved that because he was like, it just shows that the human condition that we are trying to walk through with Jesus is still there. We, don't have, we can't have that naivety of we're all okay all of a sudden, that the enemy don't tempt us. The enemy doesn't try and get in on your life. Or that things still don't need to be worked on in your life. You're saved. You've accepted Jesus into your life. You are saved. Done. No matter what, that's it. Fully done. Fully won. Happy days. God doesn't want to leave us there. You're his kids. What do I want to do with my child? I want to grow her up into you know, a fantastic woman. Right? And that's what God wants us to do. In Ephesians 1.4 um, Even before he made the world God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Now there's a part there that how can we get holy? It's a bit of a dirty word in, in Christianity. Like where you go holiness seems like um, it seems like boring. Yeah, holiness not bo- boring. No, then when in scripture it tells us that um, he wants to sanctify us. And it's a process. And I think it's something really important. Before we kick off, though, of this, what was Jesus' thoughts around this? This whole thing of accepting him into your life and what changes would happen. What was his take? So I think we, before, before we do that, let's have a chat about who Jesus is to you first. Who is Jesus to you? And he asked a brilliant question to Matthew. Who do you think I am? And I ask you the same question. Who is he? When you start off as a Christian, you might have a little box called Saviour. And then it may develop into King. may develop into Gods. may develop into other things. But would it be... Would you see yourself filling in boxes like kind, compassionate, brother, friend, all of these things that you kind of hear in songs and you're like, oh, that's a bit fluffy, really. But would you think of those boxes? What do you think is a case? You know, the little small fella, Danny DeVito-like type guy, tax collector, up on a tree kind of, kind of thing. What would he say about Jesus? 
He met Jesus for lunch. Jesus invited himself to, to dinner. Hey, he's a case. We're off for lunch. Let's go. Right? Now, look what happened in that story. Zacchaeus just heard about Jesus. What was it that made Zacchaeus go, oh, I'm walking away from my own life. Hold on a sec here. What was it in that lunch? Do you think Jesus gave a sermon? He saw his goodness. He saw Jesus' beauty and his goodness and his kindness and his openness to, to knowing that the sum of what Zacchaeus was and could be isn't a sin. Why that wasn't who Zacchaeus was. And that's when Jesus sees us. He says, you know, he gets hold of you. And he goes, I don't see you as your sin. I see you, your sin gone and what I'm, what I'm developing you into. And unfortunately, sometimes we stop that process. And sometimes, dare I say it, we don't see Jesus that way. Look at religions of the world. They have Jesus as a host to the Eucharist and they put it in a wall and they lock it away and they're like, that's Jesus. That's when you get to him. That's, that's not it at all. It's the Jesus that wants to come to lunch with you. And that means he's going to ask you really tough questions. Like when you eyeball somebody, that's why I, I really firmly believe in Jesus. That when you open the door to me, me and my father will come in and have lunch with we're going to go to town. We're going to have a great crack. And, and that's the time when, when he wants to expose. When, when, you know when you're in a meal with somebody, you're like, you've no choice but to talk and to open up. And, hey, here's your life. Well, things aren't really good. And, you know, it's just something weird about that. And that's the invitation of Jesus. To really open up. And he will challenge you. So what do you say? And who do you say Jesus is? And what do you say he is? The real Jesus is captivating. His goodness, kindness, love for mercy, love for justice, hate for religiosity, his fierceness. I believe we cannot change our lives without being captivated by Jesus. Show me a person who has been captivated by Jesus and hasn't changed their life. And then show me a person who hasn't been captivated by Jesus and hasn't changed their life. There I say it as I've seen, and I was that Christian, genuinely, where I wasn't captivated by Jesus. I was captivated by a religion. I wasn't captivated by a, by a person of Jesus Christ. And, if, if, and that's the subtle danger of religion. That's why I hate when people say, what denomination are you? I'm like, oh, I hate that. I just love Jesus. I just love Jesus. That's all. That's it. Bye. Good luck. You know, I just follow, I want to follow him, and I want a denomination. You don't want to put a hat on, great, Merry Christmas. Like that, that kind of nonsense, you know what I mean? You know, you're like, oh my goodness. I just want to follow Jesus. I just, if you know him, just let me introduce you to him. Just, I don't want to introduce you to ritual, to, to religion, to five-step plan, to how you get to heaven. Just let me introduce you and be captivated by Jesus. The same way Zacchaeus. See, see, that's what's meant to happen when exchanged with Jesus. Oh, your life, <laughs> this is worth it. And my life has turned around. And there I say, that's what should happen with us internally, is the captivating element of who Jesus is should change our lives around. It is a vital piece of our restoration story, our relationship with Jesus, a personal, no-holds-barred relationship 
where he can guide us into restoration and full restoration. Now, the next part of this, it's really important that you hear this. This is not a strive and do more message. It's really important that you hear this. To gain God's favour, you already have it. This is the message to grasp what's already on offer. What Jesus came to do. Give you utter freedom. And holiness is a part of that utter freedom. And that means the things that we were doing last week, last month, last year, shouldn't be the same things we're doing this week. This day, next week, next month, next year. There's a process of sanctification. And that means us stepping into holiness. And holiness, getting rid of the boring word of, you know, that stodginess. Holiness is pure and utter freedom. And let me read out something for you from a book. Um, one of my favourite guys, John Eldridge. Um, uh, just the way you capture stuff, you're just like, ah, amazing. Um, so let me just read this out. Think of how you feel when you commit some offence. Yell at your kids, lie to someone, hide uh, the full truth, harbour resentment or bitterness towards a friend, indulge sexual or romantic fantasies over someone at work or their spouse. Maybe you've been acting on those fantasies for three years now and it's tearing you apart. Whatever your regrets may be, think of how you feel when you commit these acts repeatedly. When you vow never to do it again and find yourself doing it moments later. And think of what the utter relief it would be to be free from the whole entangled nightmare. I mean to be so free that you're not even disciplining yourself, not even to do these things anymore. You just don't do them. You just simply don't struggle with them anymore. With whatever will haunt you, it's not an issue. And John goes on to say that this is the utter relief of holiness. That's what happens when the life of Jesus invades yours. Now I'm going to be honest. I needed that badly some years ago. I needed that so badly. I needed the, the life of Jesus to invade me because I got onto that, that treadmill of of, of, and wasn't real repentance of oh I'm so sorry this is ridiculous I want to be set free and you just find yourself again doing the same thing shouting, being angry you know looking at stuff you shouldn't be looking at but I, I remember saying to Jesus surely for goodness you've come to set me free from bondage this is worse because I know you this is even that's horrible get me away from this stuff So we do need a change of heart and a change of motives. As a Christian, the first place we start is it, as a really great place, is that do we hate the sin in our lives? You know, we're going to have stuff, we're going to have struggles. But what's your relationship with it? Are you okay with it? If you're okay with it, that's that's not good. If you if you hate it, that's a good place. You you know, that's a great place. I, I you know, something I hate when I shout at people. Right? Or I hate when I try and be something else and work that I'm not. I hate when I try and play the agenda and play the game and work. I hate that, lads. Right? I, you know, and it's stuff like that. So we want to deal with that. That's a great place to start. So do you want to change in your life? Is there something that's holding on to you that it, 
it, I promise you, it's not, it's not Jesus trying to teach you a lesson and not stepping in. You've got to hate what's going through and going on in your life. You've got to hate it. And you've got to want that order of freedom of, I want to not want that. And if you are, have been there, you are in amazing company. You're amazing company if you've been there at that crossroads going, I do the things I don't want to do. Hallelujah. Right? Because Paul had the same issue. And I'm like, well, if Paul is in heaven, I'm going to. So happy days. Right? So he says in Romans 15. I'll just put some of these scriptures up actually. Sorry. Um, Romans 15. Uh, sorry, Romans. It's Romans 7. Yeah, Romans 7, 15. I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I, if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. See, the thing is, when you accept Jesus in your life, you've kicked off this horrendous battle. This battle of your flesh. See, before you knew Jesus, your flesh was master. Right? Satan r- rules in, in this world. And, you know, he gets... Flesh was just in, in, in line, right with him. Every win, everything that's happening. But when you accept Jesus, all of a sudden your spirit that was dead to God was resurrected and put in heavenly places. And that that now situation that was meant to happen, your spirit flowing into your flesh and your soul, your soul and your flesh. That was the ma- that's the master now. And all of a sudden, no one tells you this, right? Why am I struggling as a Christian? Because uh, I still have fleshly urges. And they're like, well, I don't know. Well, this is why. Because your flesh is like, I'm not, I'm not giving this up willingly. <laughs> right? You need to drag your flesh to the cross and say, that's where you died. That's where you died. Good luck. I'm dead to it. You are dead to this world. I'm, I don't, no, I'm, I'm alive in God. I kind of understand those scriptures now. And you need to give your flesh a good kick in the backside. Because your flesh will constantly tell you, these pleasures are fantastic. No, don't let go of these. You know, you know, whatever you're going for, or whatever you're going to for, let's say you had a tough day at work. What do you go to for refreshment in your neck? Is it chocolate? Is it drink? That's your flesh. Right? So, for me, any time I argue with Lorraine, I'm straight to the fridge. <laughs> right? That's a lot. Look at me. <laughs> right? No, but, but the stupid things like that, 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 where the flesh... Now, there's other things, by the way. Alright, that we get into. That just... Be wide to those things of the flesh. The flesh still tries to get in. Right? Or the, the little the clicks on, on the internet. I trust it. Oh, look at this. It's only a girl in a bikini. And that's the nonsense stuff that goes on. Like, you go, no. You're not my master anymore. But you've got to engage in that conversation. You've got to tell your flesh, no, 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 no. You're dead. You're dead. I command that. My spirit in heaven is commanding that. Price has been paid. So that's the good news. That's the good news. We can take command over our flesh. 
I remember seeing these two verses, Psalm 119 and Psalm uh, 50, 51. I'll read them out, you can see them there. I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. I remember a time in my life I was like, um, God, I'd love to love your ways. <laughs> I'd love to love that. I don't run in your commands, but I would love it. I would love it. It's a great place to start. I would love to just, I would love to love your ways. Because I tell you one thing, my flesh is running out and I love other ways. But that's not where God wants to leave you when you've accepted your, 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 you know, your Saviour. That's not where God wants to leave you. And this is why you have to struggle. This is why you're, you know, this is why you probably feel like, you know, there's, there's that, still that niggly battle going on in, in, in yourself and in your flesh. So God has freely forgiven you. You're, fr- you're truly free, but you still have this battle. You kicked off this, this battle. So, are you the same person? This is where it's going to get a little bit maybe uncomfortable. Are you the same person as you were last year? Do you still have the same things that are potential strongholds in your life that are still niggling at you? Now, those strongholds could be the following. They could be places of your mind, things that you're still thinking about that are not of God. And not of you. Not of you anymore. God said, no, you, I, I want to put in a renewed mind. And that can be anger. That can be unforgiveness. That can be places of hatred. You still hate the same things last year as you did this year. You know? That there, that's strongholds. That's look if you're, you know, if we're not growing and progressing, that's strongholds. That's that's let's call it what it is. If you're still looking at the same crap and shit on the internet. Uh, <laughs> that's strongholds. That's, we need to deal with that. We need to deal with it. If you're still fantasizing about things that you shouldn't be fantasizing about, that's a stronghold. That needs to be dealt with. That needs to be murdered. If you're still doing, if you're still, if your tongue is still saying the same things that. You know, it shouldn't be saying. That's a stronghold. You need to get rid of that. If the fruits of the Spirit, Galatians 5, if they're not grown in our life, and again, don't hear condemnation here. There's no condemnation in, in those who are in Christ. This is holiness and stepping into our deep relationship with Jesus and what He has for us. Because there's freedom and holiness and release from strongholds. Amen? If we're not stepping, because it's funny, this is, and this is what God brought, brought this morning. I was like, why is this message got to do even the Ukrainians? That's a further bigger message, Lord. And he's like, well, simple. If you're still in strongholds, you, how can you step into the goodness and the blessings of what God has for you? God, God can't go to places sometimes that you go to. But there's places that are not, He's not going to bless. Right? Sex out of marriage, he's not going to bless her. You know that. Right? Living with somebody who isn't your wife or isn't your husband, he can't go there. But he'll bless somebody, he'll bless the covenant of other things. Right? Now there's forgiveness for all those things. There's hallelujah, right? There's the beauty about it. So there's places that he can't go, but he wants redeemed. 
Amen? So let's look at the fruits of the Spirit. Are we growing in those fruits? Love. So if you're loving more this year than last year or last month than this month. Are you loving more this month? Are you full of more joy? Have you more peace? Forbearance for others, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and this big one, self-control. So, and if we, if we can answer any of them, no. Well, we need to we need to ask Jesus into those places. We do. We need help, and that's okay. That is good. This is good, and this is where we can kick off with godly sorrow and say, Lord. I want, I want to turn away. I need your help with these strongholds. We've got to recognize it for what it is first and not beat around the bush. And not be pretending that it's something small. And I'd love to be in a community where we call stuff out with one another and go, actually, that's not right. You know, something, I've seen that in your life. I love you as a brother and a sister. God has more for you. I'm going to call it out. I love you. Can you? And put it at risk. Put it on the line. Because what's on the line is more blessing, more freedom. Strongholds from the enemy. The enemy will take you apart. What does he come to do? Kill, steal, destroy. Not come to tickle, hug. Right? Look at the destruction that he's done in this world. Look at the Ukraine. He's having it. Look, he doesn't care that young kids are getting blown up. He doesn't care that 59 people have been dragged out of their homes. He hates the ones. He would love you staying at the, looking at the internet, looking at stuff that you shouldn't be doing. He'd love you still hating the people that you have to hate. He'd love you to still, it's endless, saying the things that you shouldn't be saying. He'd love that. They're strongholds, they're bondages, and that stop you doing the work that God has for you in your life. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow. But worldly sorrow which lacks repentance results in spiritual death. And that's what we don't want. We don't want to turn off the spiritual essence of our life. So how do we go about breaking these strongholds? And there's a lot more in this, so I just pray that we, we can we, the little bit that I do lands and expands more in your hearts. And I'd love to maybe, if anyone wants to talk about this more, I'd love to talk about more. Or ask anybody else. There's an amazing experience around our, around the room here. When was the last time you confessed to somebody that you're struggling with anything? I'm going to put my hand up a very long time ago. And that doesn't mean I'm perfect. It means that I haven't done this stuff. I haven't held myself accountable. And and I haven't asked somebody to hold me accountable. Because I think, because the lie of the enemy is, don't show them. Don't show them. Don't walk in holiness. Not attainable. It is attainable. It is. And it's not true our strength. But they're the bondages that you've got to walk through and get out of your life. And creep quick accounts. So if you don't have a confession partner, get one. Get somebody close to you in Christ that you can go, you know something, 
I am constantly angry at something. Let's pray about it. Let's confess. Let's actually let's get Jesus in the middle of this. Jesus, what what's this about? Let's break this bondage. And I'm telling you now, the Jesus that I know, watch what happens. You just watch what happens. It's pretty immense. See, the first thing that you need to learn as a Christian, if you haven't learned this now, you need to learn this, is that the first thing to go when you meet Jesus is shame. If you're feeling shame, you know Jesus isn't in the middle of it. Because it's the first thing that goes. Because look at all of his encounters. Zacchaeus, tons of shame. He was the dirt, like tax collector. Right? He was, and I say that word because that's what he would have been classed. Right? There's no way shame existed with Jesus. That Look what happened then. Look at all the activity. I'll give it all away. You've broken my shame. You see me differently. You see how I can be. So if you're in shame, that is not of God. And it's horrendous. You need to step out of that shame. We all do. And the first place is that we confess. We come to one another and go, I want to step out of this shame. I don't want this anymore because it's not in Jesus. There's a woman on the ground and he's stoned by people. Jesus didn't pick up a stone and start going, yeah, what you did was wrong. She was probably just in, in, in bed clothes. She was probably like half naked. Right? Talk about shame. Right? The lad's justified with the bricks. Oh yeah. Happy days to, to stone her. Right? By their law, their every right to stone her. But Jesus didn't even say anything. Um, he just said, don't sin again. But the key command of Jesus. Where you're where where are the people? Where is anyone who accuses you? But stop sin again. It's a key part of what we're meant to do as Christians. Just don't keep doing it. Engage with Jesus. See, this is the beauty of Jesus. And we are to be like him. And so so that thing of are you different last year to this year is to be tough, pop, uh, to put on his head, are you more like Jesus? <laughs> uh, if you're not like, yeah, I can see if you're facing on the head, but we're just talking like, yeah, hold on a second. But, but seriously, yeah, we're meant to be a lot more like Jesus every year. I'm meant to see Jesus more in you every single day, and thank God I do. I'm going to be honest with you, I do. I do. You may not see it in yourselves at times. I certainly don't see it myself. <laughs> but we are meant to see more and more of Jesus in one another. And it's to be around. Get, get close friendships. Close people. You go, you know something. Can I just be honest with you? I, I, and, and down to the nitty gritty. Disarm the, the, the crappy stuff. Don't be, get rid of the shame. Like if, you, if you've clicked on something on the internet that you shouldn't have clicked on. Nail it there and then. Hey, I'm struggling. Yeah, I'm, I'm really struggling. Yeah, I need help. Jesus, come into this moment. Uh, right? Because if you're left in the dark with it, that's where the enemy wants to keep you. Of course he's going to keep you in the dark. Happy days. You know? If you're, if you're I, I don't know, if you have, if you're drinking on the side, I don't know. And, uh, yeah, I, I, but there's other things that you know what's struggling. You're, 
you know what the enemy is trying to say. It's okay. You know those things. Because you know it. You know the things where the enemy is going. It's okay. You don't have to deal with that. There's loads of things I need to deal with. So many things that I'm uncomfortable on. You know, that I need to deal with. But we need to deal with them. And I want to be a community of where we don't just come in the door and go, well, I'm brilliant. I haven't seen that much this week. So I'm excellent. Right? Yeah, I want to be a community where we grow with Jesus and we be more like Jesus. And we don't miss opportunities like this to help community. Because that's where the enemy wants to keep us from. Right? So, Romans 12, 12. Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. There's a few things there. You've got to look at the let God transform you. See, the thing is, Jesus knocks at the door, but he doesn't bust in. He's just kicking in and going, right, we're ready, you ready? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to change you, but you love it not. He's like, do you want me to transform you or not? Do you want, do you, do you really want to keep struggling with that? Do you, do you want that in your life still? And you have a choice. That, 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 that's the, the beauty, the, the, the mystery, that there's going to be people going, not going to heaven, going, I, I knew you, but I didn't choose you. Yeah. That's the reality. It's horrible. And you have a choice. That's the beauty of Jesus. Judgment and truth. He says, if you invite me, oh my goodness, you don't just get me, you'll get my father. Boom. And I'll stay with you. We can't invite you into everything. And I'll challenge you. And you may, some people may be having decisions to make. There's, uh, you may have decisions like, well, I need to stop having sex before marriage. Why not? Well, I need to, I need to stop losing money. Right? I need to start giving money, you know, whatever it is, whatever, you know. Could be, I need to stop looking at crap on the internet. I need to be better, I need to be a better husband or a better wife. Or I need to stop shouting at my kids. Whatever those things that you are niggling, niggling, niggling you, they're Jesus and the, they're the Holy Spirit prompting you to go, you need to go deeper with Jesus here. We need to go deeper with Jesus. And the last thing I just want to say, there's a great, there's a great book, I don't know if you've seen it, if, you, if, anyone ever want, if anyone wants to copy of this, we can send it on. It's um, the Freedom Equip. Uh, absolutely immense, absolutely amazing. Um, if you haven't got a copy of this, we can, I can certainly send it on to you. And it talks about strongholds in one of the... And how strongholds can happen are so subtle. And you know, the, the weird thing is, when you know it's a stronghold, it's a, it's a fortress. <laughs> it's, I'm not going to say it's too late, it's not. Yeah. What I'm saying is, you don't want to get there. And we don't want to get there. So it goes from your thoughts, decisions, actions, values, lifestyle, and then bondage. And there's a process at which that these happen. It's the subtleties of aligning and agreeing with, 
Ah, okay then. I can watch that. I can see that. I can do that. I can say that. And it's those things that God wants to renew and transform us from that don't lead us into this bondage. And I don't want to underestimate the things in your life that are you may see actually small. For example, it could like the small things, and this, uh, this sounds may sound strange, right? The small things that you go for relief or life. What are those things that you're going for when you've had a tough day, or an argument, or a fill in the box? Where are the little things? If it's not Jesus, that's a potential for a stronghold. And that's the danger. So let's pray. Let's pray. Oh, Lord. Um, oh, Jesus, I just thank you that you're the answer to all of this stuff. Lord, I just thank you that, um, that you come to set us free and fully free, Lord. Lord, I confess that, um, that I am good at keeping short accounts of you at times. And Lord, I just ask you, like David said in the Psalms, can you search me and know me? And can you just, Lord, please reveal to us where we need work in our lives? Lord, I just ask us, um, can we can we be a community? I pray over our community, Lord, that we are a community that um, that don't just do the church thing. That we pretend where things are not right, we just get it sorted and we confess with one another and we can we're real with one another and we support one another and that there's no shame in those who are in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that whatever you raised here this morning in people's hearts, Lord, that they turn to you this morning and that they say, Jesus, come into this place I want for you. Lord, can you just show us what, what we need freedom from? That I confess there's places in my heart that I need you to be. There's places in my heart that I haven't fully repented of. Lord, can you show me that a Christian's walk and a Christian's way of life should be in keeping short accounts with you and repenting and turning away of things that are not of you. That I should be doing more repenting than anything. And repenting isn't just confession, it's just also saying, no, I don't want that anymore. There's not freedom in those things. There's only freedom in Jesus. Lord, can you give us a new revelation of what holiness is and what does that mean? Lord, help us to do back and forth when we're on our knees, when we pray for one another, where we take down strongholds, where people step into the blessing that you have for them. Lord, your scripture says that you will give it, you've given us a new heart and we accept you. Lord, we just, oh, it's a battle with the flesh at times, Lord. It's, it's awful at times and it can be bloody, it can be ugly. But 
Put on goodness, Lord, if we let you in, have you in us. I pray, Lord, that you show us that you are not far from those who are, are burdened with things. You are not far when people call on your name, you are there. Lord, you know every temptation, Lord. I remember one time when I was on Carolina Beach and I was having an argument of all things that not in the nonsense of Jesus. And I said, Jesus, what do you know about temptation? And the Holy Spirit very quickly said, careful. And I was like, well, actually, hold on. Yeah. Jesus, you know every temptation there is. And thank the Lord above. Thank the Father in heaven that you were able to go through every temptation that we know. <coughs> and you were able to overcome us. And that is the strength that we have, Lord. And there's utter relief and holiness. That you don't want us to sing. So Lord, I pray, Father, in the name of your Son, that the transforming power of the Holy Spirit come upon us this morning, come upon us this week, that we are a different people next week, the week after, not just as a community, but as individuals. That there's more of you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that those of us who who may or may not may not want to let go of these things, Lord. I pray scales all from us. Ears that hear. And that we see the promise that you had for our lives when we relinquish what is keeping us in bondage. Lord, I pray that people in this congregation this morning reach out to somebody that they know and say, I need to talk about something. I need to confess that. I just want to. I need help. And Lord, let us be a people that help one another, that know that the struggles that the enemy is trying to. He hates us. He hates us because we have given our names over to Jesus. We have said, Jesus, you are the only name. That salvation is. Salvation is, that comes true. In your name, Jesus. Lord, I pray if there is big decisions that need to be made where sin needs to be stepped out of, I pray that there's courage. <coughs> I pray for those things that need to happen. They happen in your strength and in your love. I pray for those of us who are living in shame that have hidden places let them come to light in the name of Jesus and let your holy fire burn them away I thank you Jesus that we're about to celebrate and remember the thing that you've done for us the ultimate end of the story was at the cross and now we can live in freedom because of this Lord but I pray for the revelation that you just didn't deal with our previous things, that you've, you've dealt with re- restoring us to full life. That's the promise. Yes, we have escaped the clutches of the evil one, not just for eternity, but for now as well, Lord. For now, the time we live now, you have no power over us. 
I pray that that revelation goes deeper into our hearts now as we share in, uh, in the communion. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.